Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the For the Win podcast. I'm Garrett Escala, joined with not one, but two special guests for this NHL update podcast. With me, I have Ryan Macheska and Ryan Henry. Both of them are current teammates of mine and know a lot about hockey in the NHL. You know, since you guys both have the same first name, I think it's okay to call you guys by your nicknames. So, Matchy for Ryan Macheska and Rhino for Ryan Henry. But, Ryan, I'll start with you. I know you're big on hockey, and you even have your own social media page called Moneyline Jesus, where you give free picks every day. So, Ryan, I'll give you a second to just plug your Instagram. Um, I give out picks every single day, and and I guess I could call myself a capper. Um, I give out free picks, actually, and most people, they like to give prices and, and sell packages, but that's not what we're really about. We like to help, like, I have so if um, you guys like to, to gamble on sports and 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 hockey you guys can give me a follow um, at moneyline Jesus moneyline underscore Jesus on Instagram um, we have you know I have a discord community of 1300 people in it and 3500 followers on Instagram so free picks every day and, and I'd say we do a good job and and if you like to gamble give me a follow all right, so that's Moneyline Jesus. If you didn't get that, please give him a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and follow his Discord. But Rhino Machi, thank you for being here today. Today we're going to talk about some NHL. And you know, Machi, this season has been a crazy one with a lot of surprising teams. And one of them sits on top of the Metro right now. And they just won their 12th straight game in the New Jersey Devils. As much as it kills me to say that the Devils are on top of the Metro and are looking great right now, they really have looked fantastic. Uh, like you said, 12 straight wins today. Um, and Jesper Brad has looked fantastic. Seven goals, 15 assists. Jack Hughes, Jack Hughes is just doing Jack Hughes things. I mean, he, I feel like every year he's just kind of that guy that uh, is just taking step forwards and leaps forwards, I think. Um, and Nico Heischer, a former first-round pick, who people thought maybe didn't deserve to be the first-round pick, uh, or first overall pick, sorry. Um He's looked fantastic, too, with uh, nine goals and 18 points. So, And the scary thing is, is Andre Palat has only played in six games. I mean, it, and he was their biggest off-season, acqui- uh, off-season acquisition, like, and he's only played six games. I think that's ridiculous. Like you said, big names have been coming up in big ways for this team. Um, guys like Hughes, you, you, I don't know if you mentioned Sharon Govich. He sure, like you said, Brat, even Dougie Hamilton, all, all finding ways to produce. And I think it's just the transition game that they have. They play with speed. They play fast. Um, and and like you said, Andres Palat comes in. He gets hurt early in the season. He, he's sent to IR. They're doing really well. And you guys, you got a goalie like Vanacek who's coming in the offseason. Um, he's played extremely well for them. And, and what they're doing is good. It's working. You know, Jack Hughes every year from his rookie year in 2019, I mean, he was just getting ragdolled out there. I remember I went to a couple day, couple games and every game, he would just get destroyed. He barely could control the puck, and he just looks so much better. Every year, 2020, he looked better. Last year, he looked better. This year, he just looks great. I mean, he just he, he reminds me of Patrick Kane a little bit, you know, similar in size, similar in skill. Uh, he's got great hands. You know, he's, he's a playmaker. He's got 12 assists on the year, good for 19 points, along with seven goals. Jack Hughes, Jesper Brad. I mean, we talk about these guys, and just they're on a hot streak right now. They're getting it done, sitting on top of the Metro, 12 straight wins, they just beat the Senators today as we're recording here on Saturday. And like you said, his his rookie season, I think 
statistically, he had one of the worst rookie seasons since Joe Thornton in 99. And all of a sudden, he's come back and, and again, taking strides forward. And Rhino, like you mentioned, Vanacek, <clears throat> he's won eight of his nine starts, one regulation loss, uh, at 215 goals against average and a 916 save percentage. And then Mackenzie Blackwood, who's never a bad option, um, you know, he struggled a little bit, but I, I think that he's played great in past seasons, and I just think he's dealt with injuries. So I think he's definitely going to, you know, once he's healthy, just take strides forward as being a better goalie. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd, I, I'm i not a huge fan of this Devils team, obviously. coming. I'm a huge Canes fan, so I've never really liked the Devils, but I can't not admit that they're just playing a good brand of hockey right now. And, and like you guys are saying, you know, like you said, and his his – Rookie year, he took half the season. He, it was a slow start, and like you're saying, every year he's progressed and progressed, and and he's becoming one of the top players in the league. And he scores goals. He 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 moves the puck well. His vision, his hands are all good, and it's it's fun to watch. It's good hockey, and he's only going to continue to grow and get better. So my question to you guys: Do you guys think the Devils can keep this up? Because personally, I don't think they can. I agree with you, Rhino. I mean. I'm a Red Wings fan, don't really like the Devils, but as someone from New Jersey, I mean, it's kind of hard to not like what they're doing and just appreciate them. But I'm just going to go back to the 2019-2020 season where the Buffalo Sabres won, I think, their first 9-10 games were like 10-3. and Around this same time, I think it was around like November 3rd, so maybe like a week or two difference, and then just sucked. They were last in the league by the end of the year. I could see something like this happen to the Devils, having an extremely hot start, then really falling off once you get to like the the dog days, like December, January, February. I could see them, I could see them missing the playoffs right now. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, they're a young team, like I said, they're a fast team, but does that work throughout the entire the entirety of the season? Um, I'm not sure it continues either. I think that they're playing very good right now, and I think that they continue they can continue to play good. But like you say, when you get into December and you get to that All Star break, you know things get you know a little repetitive. You, you you tire down, you wear down, and you know it could take one injury. It could take the Vitek Vanacek, you know, slowing down, not being able to to be what he was in the in the earlier parts of the season. It could take one simple thing that can make a team just not click as like they were early in the season. And um, I don't know if they continue. It, it's a good question. You know, I don't know if, I've, if anybody has seen this, but, you know, the Devils, their fans, they chanted in the beginning of the year, fire Lindy. And now they're chanting, sorry, Lindy. So it's crazy just that New York, New York, New Jersey area fans just really giving it to, uh, to their coach right now. But, I mean, this team, defensively, I think they're a little slim. I think that they need more defensive depth, and if they were to keep this up, I think that at the trade deadline, they, were, they would need to get a guy like John Klingberg for the Ducks, who we'll get to later. The Ducks, we know they're terrible. We'll get to them later. Uh, John Klingberg, Shane Gossespierre, Ethan Bear. I know, I know you don't really like Ethan Bear, but maybe just some more defensive depth for the Devils, and you know, maybe they can make a playoff push. I think you guys both hit the nail on the head there. As... You know, with hot starts and fast starts like this, like speed kills. And I think the teams are going to start picking up on that once there's more and more film coming out. It, once you get to that all-star break and you start getting that mid-season where, you know, people are going to be start banged up and you're at game 45, right, right around that time. 
games are going to start to slow down. You're going to have to play at your own pace. And I think that, uh, you, yeah, it, uh, it, the Devils, again, have a hot start now. But I think once it comes to those times, they might they might uh, slow down as an organization, slow down as a team, and really have to play maybe not a, like a whole new brand of hockey. So before we wrap things up on the Devils, I'm going to ask you guys this question again. We'll start with you, Rhino. Will this Devils team make the playoffs? Um, it's hard. Um, I think that they can make the playoffs. I think that they can sneak into a wild card spot, but it's it's for me, it's too hard to predict right now. Um, I think they'll just be floating right around that wild card spot. They're going to have to battle all the way through the end, but we'll see. Yeah, the East is definitely tough. They're really going to have to battle. Matchy, what do you think? It's a really tough division that uh, that Metropolitan division, and it's we're going to look horrendous if they make the playoffs at the top seed as the number one seed in the Metro as they're on a 12-game win streak and they've lost two games, three games all season, I think they make a wild-card spot. I think that they slow down at some point during the season. And again, it's hard to say that now at when they're sitting with 28 points or however many points they, they have currently. Um, but again, I, I just think that the teams are going to catch up to them and they're going to know how to slow down the uh, slow down the pace of the game and figure out how to play against them. You know, let's go from New Jersey to New York, another team in the Metro. The New York Rangers right now are currently sitting 8-6-4, and four, and everyone had them winning the Stanley Cup this year. Everyone was so excited for this team. And they are just not the team we thought they were going to be. Besides Zibanejad, Fox, and Panarin, I mean, their team, is they just have no depth. No, they don't. Um, they Like you're saying, the lack of depth. Their third line, the kid line, you know, consisting of Hedl, Lafreniere, and Kako, they're just not producing. And the Rangers have lost five out of the last seven games, and, and their struggles come five on five. Um, they've had some acquisitions over the offseason, like Vincent Trotrek, who was supposed to come in and be and be huge, but even him, it's it's five on five. They haven't scored. Like, Kreider only has seven points through 18 games, and Mika Zibanejad leads the team with 10 goals, but surprisingly only two of them have come five on five. And sure, their power play is very, very good, but you how how long can you ride just the special teams momentum? You know, you're gonna be a middle of the pack team the entire season if you can't figure out your struggles five on five. And I think it all comes from the lack of defensive structure. Um you know, if they're not scoring goals five on five and they don't have that defensive presence that will shut teams down and keep pucks out of their own net I don't understand how you can take that leap to be above average in this league, especially in the division they're in. Like you guys saying, the Metropolitan is such a tough division. And like I said, Igor Shosturkin can bail out this team game in, game out. He's the best goalie in the world. He's 8-2-3. He's, he's, he's doing everything he needs to do right for this team. But when you put in a guy like Kalak, because Igor can't play every night, they're 0-4-1 when he starts, and that's something to look at. Um, I don't know if, if this team can make that leap if they don't make changes, whether it's it's a coaching thing or, you know, picking up guys on, at the trade deadline for to, to build up their defensive structure. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this Rangers team, I mean, look at them in the playoffs last year. I mean, they went, they fell down to a 3-1 lead. Um, they came back from a 3-1 lead, excuse me. And... Uh, I think you can look at this 
kind of like the playoffs, you know, they're starting out slow. I mean, I know Rhino, and we had a conversation about this, how the Rangers, they just did not look good defensively. They were terrible in the beginning of the playoffs. And you can kind of look at that now where they're struggling in the beginning of the year. Later in the year, they could pick things up, and I think that's what the Rangers are going to do. I think they are going to make the playoffs, and they are a playoff team. But I think it comes from their depth. Like you said, their third line, the kid line, Heedle, eight points, Kako, seven points, Lafreniere, seven points. They're just not producing. And that line, they really look to in the playoffs, and I feel like in the regular season, coming into the 22-23 season, they were going to look at these guys like, hey, you guys are going to be need to score goals for us. You guys are young, you're fast, and they're just not producing right now. It really, it really pains me as a Rangers fan to have a team like this who, you know, goes to Eastern Conference Finals, lose in six to Tampa Bay, and they eventually get walloped, walloped by Colorado. But I've been saying it since last year and ever since we got eliminated from the playoffs, right? Next year, it's not going to be this. I think our expectations going in are going to be way too high. Everyone is going to say Stanley Cup Finals are bust, right? And... I've had my head on kind of a lower expectation, right? Let's get past the first round. Let's make it to the second round. And if we go from go from there, right? I think last season, I don't want to say sit here and say it was a fluke, right? We come back from a 3-1 lead or 3-1 deficit from um, Pittsburgh. We then beat uh, Carolina in seven. We couldn't win a game on the road until game seven. And we were playing against Antiranta, against our injured Freddie Anderson. Then we run into the Lightning, who were a wagon last season. I can understand how we lose them in six, right? Okay, but now, what? All of a sudden, we're going to make the Stanley Cup Finals? We're still a young team. I think we still have room for development. The only problem is, is we're going to have to end up paying uh, Lafreniere, Kako, and and Fox, too, who we're already paying. I, I just think that we do need to take a step in the right direction either this season or next season. But we can't have expectations be way too high for this team. I think that Eastern Conference Finals may even be way too high. I think just get past the first round and see where this team goes and just take it round by round. I, I think this team did so well last year right after the trade deadline, you know, picking up guys like Andrew Kopp and, and, and Vetrano and getting that depth that they, they so needed going into the playoffs. And they were they, they were okay in the playoffs, right? Like you said, they didn't play well against the Penguins, but they, they, they got out of it, right? They went to the Hurricanes the, the next series, and they played well. Um, they gave Hurricane, the Hurricanes struggles, but it was ultimately Igor Shosturkin just playing out of his mind because the Hurricanes had plenty of chances. And they were on, like, that Cinderella run where they continued to battle and they got out of the series both in seven games, and they took that momentum that they had going in and against the Lightning and they won their first two games. They absolutely dominated the Lightning in Game 1, one in Game 2, 3-2, to two, and then Game 3 hit, and they had a lead, and they blew it. And once they blew that lead in the third period in Game 3, everything fell apart for that team. They lost four straight. They lost that entire series because of the, the, the fall, fallout of that one game. And I don't think they've been the same team since, especially after losing everybody they did in the offseason. And I don't know if this team can – I think they make the playoffs, but I don't know if they can be that above-average team. I don't know if they can be a top-three team in the Metro. Yeah, 100%. I see them as a wild-card team this year just from the way they're playing right now. But you mentioned their Cinderella run. They remind That run reminded me of the – was it the 2019 Hurricanes? Yeah. They, were, they remind me of that team right there. But let's transition over to the Atlantic Division 
and the Boston Bruins off to a very hot start, 15 and 2. But is this their last year for a Stanley Cup push? Bergeron probably going to retire after the year. Pasternak's a free agent. Krejci's definitely going to retire. I mean, is this it for the Bruins? Is this their last Stanley Cup push? Because I think they're still going to be a playoff team after this year. But is this their last Stanley Cup run? Absolutely. I think that this is going to be the last last season you see their, this core group of guys. Um, like you said, Bergeron's going to retire, most likely retire after this season. And uh, Krejci is, is done after coming back from the Czech Republic. I... I, I think Pasternak, again, he's going to be a free agent this season, and I, th I think he came out and openly said he does not want to play on the Bruins if Don Sweeney is still going to be the general manager of this organization. And, I mean, that's that's your number one guy, and if you're not going to get him to stay and you're not going to have a contract extension by the end of the season, then he's gone. I think he's gone in free agency, and I don't think he's going to want to come back. And that's... Hard for Bruins fans to hear. They have a great team. Otherwise, Hampus Lindholm has played really well with 18 points, and Linus Olmark has really stepped up with the injury to Jacob Swayman. So this could be their last season to make a real run at the Stanley Cup. And who knows? You know, Next year they could be a playoff team and uh, have a completely different group of core players. But this season I think is their best chance and best chance for a while for them to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I think I, I actually thought last year might have been their last year to um, make a run. I didn't think Bergeron was going to come back. I didn't think that they were going to get a crazy deal done, but they did. And and like you said, it's their last years. This is their last run, and, and they have their core group still together, and they brought guys back. And, and I do think that they're a good team this year, and I do th think that they can make a run to win a cup this year. And they have to because, like you said, Pasternak, he's the big question mark there. They've, they've had extension talks, you know, but reports have come out. They've gone nowhere, and, and I don't, I'm not sure Pasternak wants to stay. He, he talked about how long he's been there. It's, what, his, his 10th year in the league or something like that, and, and he's got no success, and he's got nothing out of it. And he, It sounds like he just wants a new image and, and wants to go somewhere where he can try something new and, and see if he can be successful there. And it's a good team, like I said, but... If they don't do it this year, they're in trouble. Yeah, I mean, they got a lot of underrated guys on this team. Like, sometimes I forget that Taylor Hall is on the Boston Bruins, former MVP. Pavel Zaka, I think the Bruins won that trade when they traded Hollow away. Pavel Zaka is a very good hockey player. And, you know, they have eight players who have 10-plus points on the year. Excuse me, 11-plus points on the year. And then you got Charlie Coyle, Nick Foligno, Connor Clifton, like, and then you got the muscle and Trent Frederick. Like, this is a scary Bruins team. You know, you always think about the big, bad Bruins back in the early 2010s. This is a team that I could see making a deep run in the Stanley Cup playoffs this year. I think that their, um, their success, you know, comes from their new coach, Jim Montgomery. You know, the fan base was, wasn't happy when, when they fired Bruce Cassidy. Nobody thought it was a good idea. And sometimes that's all you need is, is a new dynamic of a team to be successful. They were an average team last year. They had all the stars. They had the depth, the same depth that they have. Like you're saying, guys like Taylor Hall, Charlie Coyle, they had all of that last year, but they couldn't find ways to win like they have this year. And a new dynamic is so good for a team. And not to mention, they were winning games without Brad Marchand and Charlie McAvoy. You know, they were injured to start the season. And 
they were still finding ways to score goals and win. And that's huge because once McAvoy and Marshan came back, they produced instantly. And I don't see this team slowing down at all. No, me neither. This is they're probably one of my favorites. They're not I don't think they're gonna win the Stanley Cup. I have my prediction, we'll give that at the end, but I mean, I, I could see this team making to the cup finals. This is just a scary team. I mean, I wouldn't want to play the Bruins right now. They're hot. Same with the Devils. A Bruins-Devil game would be awesome. I know I'm actually going to one in December. I, I think I told you guys that. I'm going to a Bruins-Devils game. Hopefully the Devils can keep it up and the Bruins can keep it up, so that'll just be a great game. But let's go over to the Western Conference now. And I said we were going to talk about this team because they are awful. Rhino. The Anaheim Ducks. <sighs> well, let me be quite frank. The Anaheim Ducks are f- terrible. You know, they're a nightmare on the defensive side of the puck. They're allowing nearly 40 shots per game. And in my opinion, they have a top five goalie on their team, John Gibson. If if they didn't have him, I don't know if they'd even win a game this year. Well, speaking about winning a game, they haven't won a game in regulation yet. This Ducks team, like, uh, they did so much shopping over the offseason. They brought in Vetrano, Strom, John Klingberg. I mean, this Ducks team, 5-11-1. and one. I, they, like you said, they are just terrible. I, I, can they come back from this? I, I don't know. I, I'm sure that they're not. This season is just a throwaway season, right? And and that's why I'm sitting here and thinking, why bring in Klingberg? Why I get Strom and and Vitrano, sure. And you have a lot of young talent on the team, but now you have Klingberg here. You're gonna have to trade him away at the end of the season on the, at the deadline. Get something out of it. and But what else could you really ask for, right? They need, I guess, veteran players. They have Shattenkirk, who's a veteran player in the league, and I've a few other guys, sure, but their entire team is made up of young players. Troy Terry, uh, Trevor Zegras, right? Sadly, Jamie Drysdale is, is on the sideline for the rest of the season. It, it's just, right now it's not clicking, and I think in a few years, sure, they could turn it around and, be a better team and maybe be a bubble playoff team, a wild card team. But for right now, I think you just got to kind of wrap it up. And I know it's early, but maybe even throw the season away. Yeah, they also had Mason McTavish, who looked really good in the World Juniors. I don't know if you guys saw that. But Mason McTavish, I mean, he's another young player. I think they just need time to develop. I think you brought in too many veteran players too early right now. I think that Zegers needs a little bit more time because I feel like Zegers could be a stud down the line. Just right now, he's still fighting his groove. I mean, he's a very skilled player. He's got great hands. Then again, Vitrano, Strom, Klingberg, these big guys they brought in the offseason, expected some big years from them. It's just not clicking. I agree. I think Klingberg, who's uh, signed a one-year deal, I think it's one year, $7 million. I think that I think he's gone by the end of the season. I think that they're going to trade him away to a team that needs defense. Like, if the Devils can pick, can uh, keep this going, I think Klingberg will go there. I don't know. This Ducks team, they, they just really don't look good. Yeah, um, like you mentioned, they're young. And, and even with the acquisitions of Klingberg and Vitrano and Strom, we haven't heard much about them. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a coaching thing. I don't know if it's a player's thing. But these guys aren't producing like they should be. And I don't know if they're ever going to be that, you know, that team that consistently wins games. And just to me, like their young core seems like they're a little bit about themselves rather than trying to play a team structure. Um, guys like McTavish, like you said, and and Zegris, they seem to to only care about those highlight real goals. And 
and I could this could be a hot take, but it's just what I think I see, and and I don't know if they can all buy into a team structure and consistently win games. You know what? Let, let's go a little bit up in the standings now. Let's go over to the Seattle Kraken. You know, we just went from very poor team to a team that's right now third in the Pacific, I think. Yeah, I mean. Think they're going to keep this up? Are they going to be a playoff team this year? Are they going to make a run like the Golden Knights? I mean, they're sitting nine five and three right now. Burakovsky's been great. Eberle's been great. I mean, this team is just—I I like the way the Kraken are playing hockey right now. Honestly, it's hard not to like the Kraken playing hockey right now. It's great to see. I mean, we saw it with Vegas in their first season. All of a sudden, they go to the Stanley Cup Finals, and this is Seattle's second season, right? Yep, second season, and they're looking like a good hockey team. The expansion draft. I mean. It, last year they were, you know, a run-in-the-mill expansion team, right? And no one, I mean, Vegas, they did what they did, and that was unheard of. And now last year they had, like, an all right season. And now this year they're they're playing good hockey. They they see themselves in a playoff spot um, if they keep it up. And I've really been excited to watch this team play. And I just, how they've been able to put the pieces together. And they have, a, a like, a group of young guys that are coming up, Matty Berniers and Shane Wright, uh, who, you know, hasn't been able to, I think he needs to kind of get sent down or or he needs a kickstart of something. I don't know whether or not it's going to be sent down or even if he can go back to juniors at this point, but he needs something to kickstart his game back up, and I don't think he's NHL ready. But I think the rest of the team has just played very well, and you can't really complain with how they've played this season. Yeah, it's it's a good young team, and they seem to all want to buy into a system and, and, and a culture there. They all work hard for each other, and it, they're gritty. They they find ways to win, and even their young guys. You, you mentioned Matty Beniers. He gets in the corners. He works hard. They got a, a workhorse like Yanni Gord, and they're getting tons of scoring from guys like McCann. I mean, these aren't huge names, but they all work together, and they find ways to win. I do think that they make the playoffs. I think that, you know, they go into a wild card spot, maybe even better. You know, the West isn't, you know, the best conference. No, it really isn't. Um, but I think that they're just a very good team, and, and they're sneaky good, and they play such a good systematic brand of hockey. Um, they're one of my favorites to watch. You know, I mean, you look at a team like, I know this isn't the NHL, but you look at the NFL, the Seattle Seahawks, the environment there. I mean, imagine that playoff environment for the Seattle Kraken. That's just scary to play in. I know I wouldn't want to play in there. I mean, that would just be scary with those Seattle fans. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, Seattle, like, I, again, I could see it making the playoffs. I think I think they're a wild card team this year. What about Martin Jones? I, I mean, he's come back. He played in Philadelphia last year, right? And he has eight wins, four losses, and two overtime losses. I, I really like the way he's been playing, too. He has a 2.3 goals against average, 9-12 same percentage, and a shutout. I, I just I think that he's been playing really well, too, and he's been a guy that has taken over Philip Grubauer's spot and uh, has really stepped in that role nicely there. Yeah, I mean, the Seattle team, like we talked about, they're a scary team, an underrated team, probably a playoff team this year. Let's move on to a team, another expansion team a couple years ago, the Vegas Golden Knights, and, man, they have been impressive this year. Last year, they were pretty, I'm just going to use the word mid, they are pretty mid-team. This year, I mean, they're just looking like studs. I mean, they are scary. Scarier than the Kraken, I will say. Yeah, they're they're a very good hockey team. They have been clicking on offense to, to start this year, and, 
and their top guys. You mentioned Jack Eichel. I mean, he came in after his injury a couple years ago, getting traded from Buffalo. He came in last year, and and he didn't really produce, and and he didn't really meet expectations that people wanted him to meet. And this year, he is killing it. Him, Stone, even guy, a guy like Riley Smith, they're all playing extremely well. And like I said, mentioned before, with the Bruins, they they got rid of Bruce Cassidy, and sometimes all it takes is a new coach, a new night dynamic of the team. And Bruce Cassidy coming in and coaching this team has been unbelievable. I mean, this is one of the best offensive teams I have watched in a long time. No, they are scary offensive. Eichel, Chandler Stevenson, like William Carlson, he's picked things up because he was a stud a couple years ago. But just in general, this Knights team, like defensively, it's hard to play against someone. You have a guy like Eichel coming down, he, he's scary. You see him against Buffalo scoring that hat trick. I mean, he was electric that game. I mean, he had a chip on his shoulder playing against Buffalo. But just in general, I mean, he's making a statement, you know, after being hurt a couple years, not really producing as much as the Knights would have hoped. This year, I mean, Eichel, 21 points, looking very good this year. I expect him to make the All-Star game. I mean, that's kind of irrelevant. We don't really like talk about the All-Star game right now, but just Jack Eichel, a stud. And like you guys said, I, I guess he's going to be the topic of conversation for this team. Eichel, last year, right, in 34 games, he's had 14 goals, or had 14 goals, 11 assists for 25 points. This year, in 18 games, 10 goals, 11 assists for 21 points. I don't know whoever said Eichel was watching. I know he came off the surgery last year and an injury. He looks fantastic this year. And like you said, Chandler Stevens, uh, Mark Stone have all played fantastic, right? Petrangelo looks great on the back end, a good offensive defenseman. They have nine players with double digits points, right? They're getting, pro- like, they're getting production from everywhere they look. So... When you've you got multiple lines producing, multiple defensemen, everyone is just producing and getting goals and getting assists and just being all around offensively talented and playing back or playing well on the back end as well, you, you got to be happy with that. And you speak about being happy. It's funny because I read into um, Bruce Cassidy in, 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 a, in a meeting or an interview talking about how he believes this team could be stronger on the defensive side of the puck. He says that they're good. They're not great. And it's crazy to think about they have been great. Yeah, I mean, d- defensively, I mean, when you got a team that's so offensively heavy, I mean, obviously you're going to look at the defensive side because, like, oh, that's probably one of the weaker points of the team. But I don't know. I think this team's scary. I think with how poor the West is, I think they're going to be a top seed in the playoffs this season. Besides the Bruins and the Devils, right? They're tied with the Devils and the best goal differential in the NHL. They're plus 22. So, yeah, could you be defensive or better on the defensive end? Sure, right? You could be like the Bruins who are plus 33. But still, I mean, if you're scoring more goals than you're giving up, I mean, that's going to win you hockey games. Exactly. I mean, that's the point of hockey, score more <laughs> goals than the other team. But uh, let's move on here. We talked about a couple teams from the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. Now we're each going to go around the table. We're going to talk about... Our most surprising team, either a team that's doing really well or a team that's losing. Rhino, I'm going to start with you. Who is your most surprising team this year? Uh, My most surprising team, um, in a good way, has been the New York Islanders. They aren't talked about enough. Um, They've been very good in recent years. Everyone knows that. They've had deep runs in the playoffs but falling short. Um, You know, last year they were plagued with injuries. 
Um, they haven't been the team that they used to be, but this year is different. This team has been healthy. They've been producing. you got guys like Anders Lee, who has been absolutely phenomenal, scoring goals, producing for this team. Noah Dobson on the back end, been a huge key factor for this team. Um, it's They're so good defensively, and I believe that they have the best goalie tandem in the league. And if they can keep up, you know, producing on offense, this team is scary. And I think that if they do this, they will be a team that will make a very, very deep run into the playoffs. And I absolutely think that you're right about the, the best goalie tandem in the league, right? You can't go wrong. And either either one that you start, either Sorokin or Varlamov, you have a great chance of getting a win. But I, as I'm looking at the stats here, right, uh, each player, right, Again, Brock Nelson's got 18 points. Anders Lee's got 17 points, right? Noah Dobson, like you said, is producing. But I think the real reason why I think you love this team, Rano, is because you you uh, you relate to one player on this team probably really well, and that would be Matthew Barzell, right? Kid's got 19 points in 18 games. You want to know how many goals he has? None. He has zero, right? Sounds like Rhino a little bit with uh, our season this year with, what, 19 points, 20 points, and, what, one goal, two yeah. goals? Oh, yeah. So, no, like you said, I, they've been a very surprising team this year, and, and I really like like the pick, and I really like the way they look this season. Yeah, for those of you who didn't catch that, for our college hockey team, Ryan Henry over here has, what, 19 points, similar to Matthew Barzell, one goal. One goal. But you know what? He's a playmaker. That's what he, that's what he says. He's a playmaker. But Sometimes that's all it takes is just, you know, you know your role. You pass the puck. The, the other guys on the, on the ice can score goals. And if if that's how you're producing and that's how you're winning games, so be it, right? I mean, the Islanders are getting it done with Barzell. But this Islanders team, I remember last year in the beginning, they started so bad. I mean, from making the conference finals, everyone was like, what is going on? Like, what happened to this Islanders team? And then they really picked things up. They finished above 500 last year, which I remember they kept climbing the standings. They were getting close to that wild card mark, but just... I mean, the East is so competitive these, these past couple of years, so that's the reason why I think they didn't make it. But this Islanders team, I do expect them to make the playoffs. And just remember, right, last season UBS was still being built. They went on a near 15-game road trip to start the season, so just think, I mean, you never go on a road trip that that's long, that long, right, let alone to start the season, and then they probably had a ton of games at home after that. But still, like you said, they picked it up later in the season, but that slow start could have been due to that, uh, that, that long road trip. And you both mentioned the slow start and, you know, having that long road trip. And it was funny, though, because when they did have that long stretch of home games, they still were not winning games. It was something off about that team at the start of the season last year. And like you mentioned, they continued to climb and climb and get better as the season went on. And they're really showing that they've continued to work hard and they've continued to find ways to win like they did in, in the, the late parts of the season last season. Yeah, I mean, we just talked about the Islanders, how they're off to, they were off to a slow start at the beginning of last year. I'm going to go on to my most surprising team, and a team that's off to a very slow start this year, a team that I expected to have a top seed towards the beginning of the year, and the Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, they just haven't looked the same after blowing that 3-1 lead. 7-7-3, seven, seven, and three, I mean, they're like the Bruins of last year, I feel like, where we all thought, oh, this is going to be like one of the last years, because the Penguins, they had, they had no future. Like, after... These group of guys leave. It, it's it's game over for the Penguins. I mean, it's from what you expect from the Penguins. You know, you got the top three. You got Genzel, Crosby, and Malkin all sitting top three in points. Other than that, I mean, 
They've just looked poor. You're right, uh, and they they do look like the Bruins, where you know you have Crosby, and then Malkin comes in on the contract this year, and then Chris Letang just got re-signed this year. Jeff Carter isn't getting any younger. Jason Zucker's not getting any younger. Russ too. Oh yeah, and Rust, right? So, you know, they do look. They're one of those older teams filled with veteran guys and uh, with a few key young young players here and there, like Gensel and and uh, Heinen. And Jeff Petrie has looked really good playing um, on the back end there. But you know, it's tough. It's tough when you get guys aging like that. And I think you know they might be off to a slow start, but I think. Again, like we said with the Devils, a young team is going to come off flying, right? And I think they'll, they're going to be a team where in the middle of the season they're going to get hot and just they're going to play their brand of hockey. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that they are too deep when it comes to their veteran core. Um, you know, you have a top three player in the world, Sidney Crosby. You have a, a, a top three goal scorer in the league or uh, back in the day, and Evgeny Malkin. Um, and – the Penguins, at the start of the year, they, they came out flying. They beat the Coyotes by a large margin. I know the Coyotes aren't a very good team, but their next game, two days later, they beat the Lightning 6-2, to two, and that's a big win. And, you know, they continued to win games, and they started the season so well, and, it, and they hit their West Coast trip. The second they hit their West Coast, Coast trip, they lost to the, to the Oilers 6-3, Flames 4-1, Canucks 5-1, and... And then they hit the Kraken, and they lost. They lost every single game in their West Coast swing. And that's just not something you can, you can do. You need to, to find ways to win when you go out there. And they come back home, and nothing changed. They continued to loss or lose. They lost, what was it, six games in a row? I mean, this Penguins team has been very underwhelming. But like you said, I do think that they can pick it up. I think that you know later on in the season – their their core and their structure will make it easier to win games against ti- tired teams and and this team will be a playoff team. All right, Rhino, I, I I agree. I think they're going to end up making the playoffs. This is just I think this is a slow start again. They hit the western uh, their west trip. Matchy, let's go over to you. Who is your most surprising team? My most surprising team's got to be the Minnesota Wild. They've not been great this season. Uh, 17 games played, seven wins, eight losses, two OT losses. Kaprizov has looked good. Um, you know, you're getting uh, production from Zuccarello, Eric Snack, Kaprizov, Matthew Baldy a little bit, right? But everyone else on the team really just hasn't been producing. Uh, you know, you look at Marco Rossi; he's got one point in 16 games. You know, he was there. He was there. I think he was an early pick, wasn't he? Number six or something like that. Early, a few years ago. Um, and, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury, who was brought in to be that, that goalie there, and I know he's getting older, uh, six wins and 12 starts, a 280 goals against, and um, a 906 save percentage isn't terrible, but just not going to get wins on the board. And uh, Gustafson, their backup, hasn't played much better either. So I just think that all around they haven't been getting the production they need on the offensive end. Yeah, I mean, this Minnesota Wild team, I mean, last year they were great, and then they got... I mean, they lost in the first round. That's as simple as I can say it. I mean, they just lost. And Marco Rossi was the ninth overall pick in 2020. So, I mean, you got a top pick on your team right now. I mean, you're a young team. You got Kaprizov. I mean, you look at their roster, they've got a bunch of underrated guys, but they all work together, work as a team, kind of like the Kraken in a bit. 
But I, again, I think this is a slow start similar to the Penguins. I expect the Wild to really pick things up. I expect them to be a playoff team by the end of the year. I think that's what everybody expects from this Wild team. But overall, again, I just think it's a slow start. I want to mention, though, you know, they had a big loss in Fiala. I mean, that's big. He was a key player to their success last year. And like you guys are saying, it's been a slow start. And I do think that they pick it up. But it all it would all come down to if Marc-Andre Fleury can pick up his game, if they can, you know, find ways to, to score more. And, you know, tonight they go against my Hurricanes, and, and that'll be a big test. We'll see how they are this, tonight. Yeah, I mean, Rhino, they're playing your Hurricanes tonight, and there have been a lot of players on that Hurricanes team who have been off to a hot start. I mean, the Hurricanes are looking pretty good. I mean, let's go over. Let's go around the table. Let's talk about players who are off to a hot start. Ryan, I'm gonna start with you because I know there's a hurricane on that list. Yeah, uh, you hit, you hit it on the spot. My most um, surprising player this year, and it is a Hurricanes player, has been Martin Natchez. I mean, he is off to a great start. Um, he's played 17 games. He has eight goals to count for and uh, 13 assists, 21 points in total. He's one of the league leaders, and a lot of people didn't expect this from him. Um, he's playing on the top line with Aho. You know, he can go through the lineup, though. I mean, he started when the second line was Fetch, and they, he's just been clicking throughout the entire lineup. Um, if you watch the Hurricanes, if you see him hit the ice, he's always doing something good for this team. Um, he's been very, very effective. And this is crazy to think. Last year, he only had 40 points through 78 games. He had a terrible year. It was a slump. Everybody thought he was going to be traded in the offseason, but they got a deal done, and he even wanted to get a cheaper deal done. He took two years for $3 million each year, and he wanted his own bridge deal. He could have banked anywhere else. He told the Carolina Hurricanes organization that he wanted to prove to everyone that he could be a better player, and he has. He completely has. He's been absolutely great for this Carolina Hurricanes team. He's one of the best in the league right now, and I think it continues. I think he has a true breakout year. Yeah, I mean, this this Hurricanes team, 5-on-5, five five, they look great. Special teams, not so much, but Martin just has really improved from last year. He went from a third, fourth liner to, like you said, being in a slump to being on the top line, really improving in the offseason. He just looks like a different player. I mean, I remember, Ryan, we went to a game together last year, and I was like, wow, Martin Aitchis is so fast but does nothing with the puck. This year, he incorporated that. He's so fast and can do something with the puck. I mean, he's he surprised me. I don't know about Match if he surprised you, but he's definitely a player that's off to a very hot start. Oh, he is. And like Rhino said, I haven't watched a lot of the Hurricanes this season, but I know that he's been producing a lot, and he's been playing really well on that uh, first or second line. And he's just been one of those guys where it's just like, you know, you take you take a small bridge deal and you want to prove something, you come out this season, you make everyone regret not wanting to sign you, right? So it, it's great to hear that he's playing absolutely phenomenal this season and, you know, you're happy to see stuff like that. You know, Martin Eaches went from like a third, fourth liner to a first liner. My player who's off to a hot start, also went from a third, fourth liner to a first liner. And Dominic Kubelik of the Detroit Red Wings. Come on, you look at the podcast. What am I wearing on the cover? A Detroit Red Wings jersey. You think we wouldn't talk about the Detroit Red Wings right now? No, we're talking about the Red Wings right now. Dominic Kubelik. I mean, the Red Wings added a lot of pieces this offseason. They added Andrew Kopp. They added David Perron, Ben Chariot. A lot of these guys. But 
Dominic Kubalik leads the Red Wings in every category. Eight goals, 12 assists, 20 points. I mean, Kubalik has just looked great. It shocked me. I thought he was going to be like a third-line grinder. No, I mean, he's a goal scorer. I mean, he's a playmaker. He's all of the above for the Red Wings right now. I mean, it's what he's doing for the Red Wings, it's it's all they could have asked for and more. Absolutely. Um, you know, his his three years in Chicago, you you look at his um his points and and they've declined every single year. Last year being his worst year, he only had thirty two points through seventy eight games. Fifteen goals, seventeen assists. It's just not gonna cut it. And I understand, you know, it's the Chicago Blackhawks. They're not a very good team in the league right now. But he has absolutely come into into uh, Detroit and killed it. He's been so good this year for that team. You know, whatever Steve Eisman is doing, he's just got to keep doing it. Because Steve Eisman, I don't know what he saw in Dominic Kubelik, but he obviously obviously saw something. I mean, it, it's working out for him right now. And yeah, in uh, his first season as a rookie, you know, he was playing over in Chicago, and they made the play. They ended up making the playoffs that year in 1920. I think that was the bubble year. Um, he had 30 goals that season in 68 games. 30 goals, 16, uh, 16 assists, and for 46 points. So um, he slowed down the next two years, but you're right. right? Now he's back, and he's he's got eight goals in 17 games, 20 points. He's looked phenomenal, and he's ready to continue that for the rest of the season. Actually, I mean, who is your player that's off to a hot start? And not even just a surprising player. I'd also say even a surprising team with the Los Angeles Kings, but Gabe Filardi, right? He's looked phenomenal this year. This is his fourth season in the league, right? 20 games played, 10 goals, five assists for 15 points. Let's take a look at the last two seasons, right? Last year he had five goals, two assists for seven points in 25 games. And the year before that he had 10 goals, 13 assists for 23 points in 54 games, right? He's just about at his mark, at his at his career high, right, in 20 games. And, it, I mean, I think he'll surpass that with – he should get 40 points at least this season. And I, I am excited to see what he has to do because the Kings are an exciting team to watch. He's a sniper. I don't know if you've seen him play. I mean, you see that shot opening night? That was gross. I mean, I, I hate to use the hockey lingo on, on a podcast like this, but that was gross. I mean, it was just glove side, bar down. It was such a nice shot. But, yeah, I mean, these Kings, they're, they're an exciting team. I really like the way they're playing hockey right now. But let's move on to our Stanley Cup predictions. I mean, there's so many good teams this year, and I know it's really early, but we can look back on this and we could be like, wow, I predicted them to win the Stanley Cup. I'm going to start. I have the Edmonton Oilers as the Stanley Cup champions. I know they're off to a just a meh start, but, I mean, you got two of the best players in McDavid and Dreisaitl. I mean, I know Jack Campbell struggled in net, but I think he's going to figure it out. And if not, then you look to to guys in the trade deadline who you can pick up there. I, you know, they made the conference finals last year. I think they're going to take that next step. And, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I want McDavid to win a cup. And I'd love for McDavid to win a cup. And same thing with Dreisaitl. I think McDavid has the potential to be the greatest player of all time. And, you know, like you said, though, Jack Campbell – is going to be the make-or-break situation. You're either going to have to, he's either going to have to pick it up or you're going to have to look for a guy at the deadline. Now, same thing with the Rangers, as I mentioned before. They make it to the conference finals last year, and now what? Expectations are going to be cup finals, right, or conference finals again? Even that might be too far, right? Got to just, it's make the playoffs and take it a round at a time. They should easily make the second round, right? 
that should be their goal at least. And anything after that is just a step in the right direction. And, you know, they have, they have guys in their team that can definitely play. And I think that getting rid of Mike Smith was the right idea. Yeah. Now bringing in Campbell, I, I'm personally, I would have thought was a great idea and he just has not played up, up to expectations. Yeah. Campbell is, he, he's, he hasn't met his expectations and, um, I, it's hard. It's hard to predict if, if he'll continue this slump or he'll continue to get better because this Edmonton Oilers team is very good on both sides of the ice. They're very, very good defensively as well. Um, you know, they got guys like Brett Kulak and 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 Darnell Nurse who, who produces for that team. And I would absolutely love, like you guys said, for Connor McDavid to win a cup. I'd love to see him win, you know, the ultimate trophy on top of everything he's already accomplished. Because, like you said, he could go down as the best player to ever play the game. And, um, you know, I love watching this team play, and they're very exciting. I think that they, they can do it. But like you guys said, it'll all come down to, to, to the goalie. And on top of that, too, right, Leon Dreisaitl for the next three years is making 8.5. Now, if he keeps up the way he's playing, the salary cap's only going to go up from there, too. So 8.5 is going to easily turn into... 11, 11, 7, something like that. So after that, you almost handcuff yourself paying McDavid 12.5, and then you're going to have to pay in for another three, or in three years from now, you're going to have to pay Dreisaitl unless he wants to go somewhere because they don't do anything here. The thing is, right, you're going to just have to bring in someone, just like one third-line guy, right? Jesse Poyarvi, he's, he's been all right, but he j- he's one of those guys you just need more out of. And I know that there was some talks with him and uh, and the GMs there in the front office. There were some disagreements, and I think he's finally kind of buying in, but I think you just need, like, one more guy to set this over the edge. And again, that'll come with the trade deadline, but Matchy, let's go over to you. Who is, what is your Stanley Cup prediction this year? Talk about another guy I want to see win a cup, Austin Matthews. I think he is amazing. I think he's one of the best goal scorers in the league, if not the best goal scorer in the league. Right? Tavares has just not missed a beat. Marner is leading the team in points this season, who is, you know, he's looked all right, but, I mean, he's leading the team in points, so he's doing something right, obviously. The biggest question is, and it's been the biggest question for years on end now, can they win a playoff series? They've been stuck in the first round since since Matthews been drafted, and so it, at this point it's just getting ridiculous. They have to win a playoff series at one point, right? Which is why I'm saying this year they win they win out of the first round, they get out of the first round, and I think that that's going to give them the confidence they need to go all the way. You know, last year I think if they played any other team but Tampa, they were going to get out of the first round. I mean, when you're playing the Tampa Bay Lightning and Andre Vasilevsky, I mean. It's kind of hard not to say this is going to be a close series. I I think it was 50-50 who was going to win that series. But, I mean, to be fair, the Maple Leafs, I mean, they did blow a playoff lead. I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's seriously up in the air. I mean, if they lose in the first round th- again this year, something something's going to happen. It's got to. Uh, the, their defensive structure lacks. It's, you know, they, they go every year and, and they look for new goalie tandems and – it's not the goalies. It's their lack of defensive abilities. And if they can figure that out and they can, you know, bring in a new dynamic and, and pick up maybe some guys in the trade deadline, this team will be a very good team and they will make a deep run. You're right. I mean, <laughs> Justin Hull has looked 
Oof, he has not looked great this season. And you bring in, you bring in guys like they have T.J. Brody, right? They have Mark Giordano. They bring in veteran guys. Just it's just not getting done. And, and you know you can't keep bringing in new goalie after new goalie, right? It, at one point you got to think, all right, it's not the goalie, it's our defense. Yeah, I mean, just something's got to change for this Maple Leafs team. Again, I see them making the playoffs. Obviously, they're an elite team, but something, something's just got to change for them to make it to the second round. Forget about making the playoffs, because I, I believe they're going to make the playoffs. They just got to worry about getting out of the first round, because, I mean, think about how much pressure they have in the first round. Like, oh, man, if we don't win this year, I mean, we're, we're really going to get it. But, Rhino, let's go over to you. Who's your Stanley Cup prediction? My Stanley Cup prediction may be a little boring. It may be a little biased. Oh, no. But I am going with the Carolina Hurricanes to win the Stanley Cup this year. Um, they have been absolutely dominant in recent years. The last two years, they continue to get better. And I know this is my own team, but I watch them. I watch every game, and I know this team, and I know what they're capable of. You know, they had a huge offseason this year. You know, they brought in guys like Brent Burns and 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 he's been absolutely huge for this team. You know, he doesn't get talked about a lot, and for good reason. You know, you, you most of the time hear about defensemen being talked about, you know, when they're not doing so well, but he has been phenomenal on that first pairing with Jacob Slavin. You got a guy like Max Pacioretty, who hasn't even played a game this year. He tore his Achilles right before the season started. He's looking to come back in December, right before All-Star break. Um if he comes in and produces like people expect him to, this team will be scary. You know, Andres Kasha, another big pickup. He got a concussion in game one. He's all back on the ice skating. When this team is fully healthy, it's something to watch out for. They, are, they will be clicking on all sides of the ice. They're the best defensive team in the NHL. If Freddie Anderson can figure out what he, what he can do to win games, this team will make a deep run, and I think that they have a great shot winning the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I mean, this Carolina Hurricanes team is, is something that they're a special team. I mean, you mentioned they, they didn't they don't have Pash Ready yet. I mean, they, they got him in the offseason. Once Pash Ready comes back, he's going to be a – what do you think? What line do you think he'll be on? I personally think he'll fit right into that first line. I think that Ajo, as, you know, two-way player he is, he, he scores goals, he plays the defensive side of the puck, he, he, he moves the puck, his vision is, is unbelievable. They need a goal scorer on that line. You slot him right in there with Ajo, and I think that this team will not be shut down on the offensive side of the puck. Yeah, I mean, this Hurricanes team, I, I again, I see them making it far in, in uh, these playoffs. Oh, absolutely. I think they make it far, and they had one of the greatest offseasons I've seen in recent They I mean, they stole Max Pacioretty for nothing. And everyone, like, of course, we're thinking – Vegas is just going into a rebuild or something like that. Now they're on top of the uh, the Pacific right now. So um, it's insane that they got they got Burns, they got Patch Ready, just two guys. And I've, of course, Patch Ready had to go down at the beginning of the season, but it doesn't even look like it affected you guys at all. So I uh, I, I really like the prediction. And as a Rangers fan, I really hate to say it, but I could see you guys going all the way. And it's crazy to think about this Hurricanes team was a very very good team last year, and. They lost a lot of key guys, like guys like Tony D'Angelo and Vincent Trocek, huge guys for their production last year. And the fact that they came out of this offseason, as in my opinion, I think they came out as a better team. Correct. And, you know, you don't even talk about guys like 
Yes, Barry Kakaniemi. Everyone, you know, talked about how unproductive he was last year in the playoffs and this and that. He has been phenomenal this year. And if this team can continue to click with guys similar to the Boston Bruins, you know, plagued with injuries at the start, they've done well. Their guys came back, produced instantly. If the Hurricanes can, can, can continue this and Max Pacioretty comes back and does what he needs to do, it's scary. Watch out. Yeah, I mean, this Hurricanes team, you know, as a fan of Detroit Red Wings, you know, we beat you guys in the early 2000s, but let's not talk about that right now. But, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap things up here on the For The Win podcast. Ryan Machesca, Ryan Henry, thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to be a part of this, and thanks for having us on. Again, please make sure to follow Moneyline Jesus on Instagram, Twitter, and Discord. And please follow For The Win Podcast on Instagram and Twitter as well. Other than that, it's been your boy. See you on the next one. Peace. Peace.